Today is Wednesday, December 6, 2023. Merry Christmas! A judge orders new election in Louisiana after it's proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that illegal votes changed the outcome. I thought this ever happened in America. I thought our elections were secure. I thought we had the safest, most secure elections ever. Why are judges keeping ordering new elections all around the nation? Strange that. Biden admits that he won't be running for president if Donald Trump doesn't run for president. That's a little interesting. That's interesting. Donald Trump also asked if he will be a dictator when he becomes president. Good answer there. Congressman Greg Stubbe joins the show. My name is Benny Johnson, and this is The Benny Show. Once again, it is a busy time for the Johnson family. We are going to be traveling. Uh, we have special things happening every single weekend in December. I'm sure your family is the same. When you are traveling, especially with children, you want to stay healthy. That is why I use the wellness company. The wellness company is a company that is essential for us. Why? Well, because no matter what, whether it's a tick bite or whether it's COVID manufactured in a bio lab, it's important to have the medical supplies on hand that you need. The wellness company's medical emergency kit is what you need to be prepared. It contains life-saving medications like ivermectin, emergency antibiotics, Z-Pak, and more, and your guidebook to aid for safe use in these life-saving medications. The wellness company is, of course, endorsed by some of the best doctors in the world, including Dr. Peter McCullough, who was right about COVID all along. To order, just go to twc.health slash Benny, twc.health slash Benny and enter the code Benny for 10% off the wellness company. Make sure, ladies and gentlemen, that you are prepared. See the site for details. Prescriptions may be required. Okay, baby, I got a prescription for you. How about this? We fix elections in this country because everywhere you look, and we're looking and we're the only show that seems to actually like follow these stories and dive in, whether they be small stories. We're going to talk about a sheriff's race in Louisiana. So we're going to talk about a sheriff's race in Louisiana. Then we're going to go to Iowa. We're going to talk about a, uh, a failed Republican candidate in Iowa where there are 52 counts of election fraud. We're going to prove to you that this ain't about party. This ain't about Republicans winning every time. I don't want a system where it's rigged for me. I'm a Republican. I'm a, I've, I'm a Republican that's been a Republican voter for the last 20 years. I'm used to losing, okay? Like, it's a, this isn't the point. It's not that I can't handle the fact that we, we were defeated. Unlike Libs. Libs can't handle the fact that D Donald Trump won in 2016. Broke their brains. And then they decided to go break every single system down the line that allowed for that to happen. And so, creating COVID, mail-in ballots, and so on. We'll get into all of it in the show. But we're going to go all around the country today. And we're going to show you how utterly destroyed our election systems are. We're going to cover cases of fraud in states that are as blue as the bottom of the ocean in Connecticut, in New Jersey, where they're throwing out elections. OK, again, this isn't us assuming that something's happening. This isn't us saying, oh, that looks a little strange. All those people driving up in minivans in Detroit in the middle of the night when they've stopped the count. <laughs> yeah. That's not what we're saying. No, 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 no. We're talking about literal judges ruling that elections are so broken that they are going to light on fire the results of the election. And that happened yesterday in Louisiana. Ladies and gentlemen, there was a uh, ruling in Louisiana that happened in a place called Caddo Parish. In Louisiana, they're not called counties. They're called parishes. Uh, don't know why exactly. Not from Louisiana, but it's got to be something with the Catholic Church and the French and whatever, you know, whatever. Louisiana is a great place. Love Louisiana. A judge has ruled that in Caddo Parish, which is just simply a county that had a sheriff's race that was decided by one vote. And that happens. OK, that does, that's not absolutely indicative of fraud when you have an election that's decided by a single vote. That's happened before in American history. OK. But that, boy, that means your margin of errors are tight. And so you better be tightened up. There was a recount and the judge looked over the recount and the judge said, hot damn. That's voter fraud. Get a load of this. Judge makes ruling in Caddo Parish Sheriff recount lawsuit. Let's read. A retired Louisiana Supreme Court justice Joseph Bletch uh, 
by the way, re- he, he served on the Supreme Court of Louisiana. So this is no, there's no spring chicken. And this is a guy who's like, uh, seriously knows his stuff. Made a ruling in the election lawsuit filed in Caddo Parish, Sheriff's candidate, John Nicholson. This is the Republican who lost to the Democrat by one vote. The ruling came down Tuesday, December 5th. The judge ruled the results of the November election, which uh, in which the Democrat defeated the Republican by one vote, are declared void. He voided the whole election. How did he do that and why? It was further ordered that a new runoff election shall be conducted. The ruling states, it is proven beyond any doubt that there were at least 11 illegal votes cast and counted. Illegally impossible, legally impossible, correction there, to know what the true votes should have been. The ruling goes on to highlight the following irregularities that affected the outcome of the runoff election. Two people voted twice, and we're going to explain exactly how they did that. At least five votes were cast by absentee mail-in ballots that should not have been counted for failure to comply with the law. That's typically something where uh, the signatures don't match, right? Or the ballots were postmarked the day, like dates after the election. So those are the kind of things like, those are the kind of things that you, where you toss an absentee ballot, right? Where you start to see that they're, they're not abiding by the rules. Maybe they're not fraudulent, but there are rules, right? When it comes to this kind of stuff. Four invalid votes cast by interdicted persons who were unqualified voters. Now, what does that mean? Uh, That means that people who are either felons voted, people who are illegal immigrants voted, people who are not registered to vote voted, or people who are dead voted. Interdicted persons. That means maybe dead dead people. (laughs) It is Louisiana. Lots of ghosts down there. The judge stated the new runoff election is necessary not only for the candidates, but also to ensure the public's right to attain an election result. And we're starting to see something really special happening all across the country, including in Georgia. I've said about making myself the election fraud expert. I'm telling you, we we study this stuff and we do videos on this stuff and we do the research. In Georgia, something wild happened where an Obama judge, I think we have the article, ALX, uh, send it over to Rolls-Royce, got that article. I want to pop that up. A Obama judge straight up said that electronic voting violates our constitutional rights, that electronic voting machines that are hooked up to the internet that that violates your constitutional right to have a free and fair election. And so she smashed her gavel down and said, yo, 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 whoa, 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 wait a I'm going to hear a case. This case is brought by Mike Lindell of all things, uh, saying, listen, um, you shouldn't have election systems that are hooked up to the Internet. Saying that there's nobody has proven that these are secure and that the jo- the jobs of these companies are to make sure that these systems are secure and they didn't meet that threshold. And that by not meeting that threshold, you're violating the constitutional rights of all Americans. So you may get a ruling that outlaws electronic voting machines in Georgia and then, of course, across America. Crazy times that we live in right now. Absolutely crazy times. It is very, very important, however, for us to understand what is properly happening here, whether it be in Louisiana where now a judge has said at least 11 votes. So in a, in a world where one vote meant somebody won and somebody else lost, if 11 illegal votes are counted, well, then what does that mean? I mean, that, that means that you have uh, the ability to sway the election 11 times over. This is, uh, of course, a broken system. And so you need to then narrow in and redo the election. He threw the election out. Good on him. This man is a patriot. This man is an American hero, this judge. We should all be counting every legal vote. We should be lighting on fire every illegal vote and throwing the people who vote illegally in prison. Ladies and gentlemen. So now you can see that there were deceased voters uh, inside of uh, this parish. There were illegal voters inside of this parish. Local news is saying, well, we suck. <laughs> we're going to have new elections. Watch. 
breaking at noon. A judge has ordered a new election in the Caddo Parish Sheriff's race. This morning, around 945, the ruling came down. Retired Louisiana Supreme Court Judge Joe Blyke was brought in to hear the case last week. After hearing both sides, he said the runoff election involved a one-vote margin that it has been proven beyond any doubt that there was at least 11 illegal votes cast and counted. He went on to say it is legally impossible to know what the true vote should have been. Election results showed that Henry Whitehorn beat John Nicholson by one vote in the runoff election and the same results in the recount. Nicholson sued, citing irregularities with ballots and double votes for two people. Whitehorn has until Friday at 9.56 a.m. to appeal this decision. Well, we've had so, ladies and gentlemen, this isn't the only judge that has thrown out elections. Again, judges aren't just ordering redos of elections willy-nilly. I mean, this isn't normal. This is really bad. And the fact that it's happening in red states and blue states and it's happening a thousand miles away across the country is a symptom of a broken system. And this happened in Connecticut and it's worth revisiting. So in Connecticut, a judge tossed out the results of a Democrat mayoral primary. These are two Democrats fighting it. So in Louisiana, it was a Democrat versus a Republican. In Connecticut is a Democrat versus Democrat. Connecticut's largest city and ordered that a new one be held, citing surveillance videos showing people stuffing multiple absentee ballots into the outdoor collection boxes. So this judge, who again is an American hero, said, wait a second, uh, there is absolutely no way that we can assess who the actual winner of this election is because there was so much fraud. It's the same ruling as happened in Louisiana. The volume of ballots is so mishandled in such that it calls in to question the result of the primary election and leaves the court unable to determine the legitimate result of the primary, Clark wrote in a ruling. The judge cited statistics showing that abnormally large numbers of absentee ballots were cast in certain voting districts and video evidence showing that multiple people shoving stacks of ballots into drop boxes in violation of the law. Same thing. It's the exact same thing that happened in Louisiana. So if these symptoms are happening in, in all these different states and in all these different places, then you got yourself a problem. We seem to be the only uh, we seem to be the only show that is covering this along with our friends and people that we care about uh, uh, at the Jesse Waters show. We uh, certainly are proud to have covered this with Jesse Waters. Jesse Waters sent a reporter to go find Wanda the stuffer who's the ballot stuffer here in Connecticut, who's caught on tape uh, rigging the election. Again, she's on tape with a garbage bag of ballots. She's got a garbage bag of ballots. I'm looking around for like a bag big enough. She's got a garbage bag of ballots that she's wandering in and shoving into the drop box. Wanda works for the city. How long has this been going on? And nobody's covering it. Except for, of course, the intrepid reporter who traveled there and caught Wanda. Wanda, who's a civil servant, has some brand new cars sitting in her driveway. Wanda is carrying giant bags around with her. What's in them bags? Why hasn't Wanda been federally charged? You can't rig elections. These are federal offenses. These are at the very least state offenses. Why is Wanda still free? Where's the FBI raid on Wanda? Good questions. Watch. So it's up to us to shine a light on corruption. That's why we sent Johnny to see Wanda. How's it going? Johnny from Fox, how are you? How are you? Nice to see you. Wanda, why did you stop the ballots? Wanda? Why did you stop the ballots? Wanda, there's surveillance and video of you stopping the ballots. Do you have anything to say? Wanda? Wanda, what do you want to say to the people of Bridgeport? So Wanda pled the fifth, just like she did in court. We're not letting this go. 
Wanda! Wanda! Why did you stuff the ballots? <laughs> oh, you know what? We are going, uh, it, I'm telling you, in the near future, we are going to be putting reporters into the field and we're going to be doing uh, work like that. That is such important work. That is what real journalism is. Real journalism is asking questions that make the powerful uncomfortable, not the other way around. Working as apparatchiks on behalf of the powerful in order to make sure that they get away with crimes like this one. In Virginia, court papers say ex-Virginia election official altered election results for 2020 election. I thought it was the most secure election in American history. Check this out. So the, the election results got altered in a Virginia county, Prince William County, which is a very important county, swing county. Apparently, a election official changed the results of the election. This person is named Michelle White. And according to the local news and the breaking news, she altered the results. According to court documents uh, recently obtained by Just the News. However, the current general registrar says that the predecessor's alleged conduct did not impact any election outcomes. But they caught her putting in the wrong data. Joe Biden ended up winning this county. 54% of the vote. Donald Trump's 44%. Hmm. Let's head on over to Iowa. In Iowa, there is a wife of a elected official who's charged with 52 counts of voter fraud. What did this person do? She got mail-in ballots and she stuffed drop boxes. That's what she did. So it's always it's it's typically and always the same thing. Hoover up the mail-in ballots, go collect your mail-in ballots, and then shove them into the drop box. And that's exactly what happened. This woman happens to be a Republican. Doesn't matter. In fact, I would argue worse. You got to clean up your own house. She's a Republican. She's from a very dark red area. Doesn't matter. Crime is crime. The fraud is even worse. I would argue. Um, and now she's faced. She's found guilty, convicted of 52 counts of voter fraud. She may go to jail for the rest of her life. Her uh, husband is uh, still the Woodbury, Woodbury County Supervisor. So how's that work? How do you how do you win and then you get to keep your you get to keep your job when you won fraudulently? The jury convicted Taylor of 26 counts of providing false information in registering and voting, three counts of fraudulent registration, and 23 counts of fraudulent voting. She went through the uh, uh, she went through the Vietnamese community that exists there in uh, northern Iowa. And she uh, illegally registered people and voted for them. It's it's, as simple as that. It's the same system. And when you have, when you don't have proper voting processes, when you don't have a voting location where you go and there are people who monitor who's voting and who check your ID and hand you a single ballot, when you mail everyone ballots, voter fraud is not only like, not, vote fraud is not only easy, meaning I got ballot. It was like in Washington, D.C., they did they did universal mail-in ballots in Washington, D.C. I lived in a house. I owned a home on Capitol Hill. That home had been owned by other people. D.C. is a very transient city. I got sent 10 mail-in ballots for all the people that had lived in my home for the last 20 years. They didn't live with me. They just had been previous owners of the property. I got a stack of mail-in ballots this thick. What do you think is going to happen when you have that many ballots out? And what if you had that many counterfeit bills out? What if every one, like, what if, what if you sent counterfeit bills to everyone, a stack of 10 counterfeit bills to everybody? Do you think that'd suddenly get into the money supply? Into circulation? Would that reduce the value of your real dollar bills? Yes, yes, it would. Because you're making, you're, you're making the counterfeit dollar bills, you're pumping more of them into the system. You're creating the capacity for more of them to be used in purchases by just shoving them all out there. So that happened to me. That was my experience. CNN's experience is that they were just simply doing a live interview and they got a ballot stuffer live on CNN. This is an amazing clip. So proud of our team for finding this. Watch. The only ballot drop box in Cuyahoga County, Ohio. You can see this woman right here casting her vote. 
Did you vote for Reagan or Jimmy Carter? Carter. Carter, okay. We don't want to get too personal with people here, but you can see there's actually a traffic jam. We can come around this way and you can see there are cars. Oh, okay. <laughs> Did you vote for Ronald Reagan or Jimmy Carter? Carter! Okay, well, Jimmy Carter lost in like a 50-state landslide, so you are clearly like a hardened Democrat apparatchik. And hey, lady, what are you doing with all those ballots there? Why you got a fistful of ballots in a minivan? Why do you got a mask on outside? Why are you driving alone with a mask on? What do you, what exactly are you doing? And you see, you know, you see the, the, the reporter at, on, uh, at CNN, like he like realizes what he's doing. He realizes what they just caught on camera. He goes, Oh, uh, got to protect people's privacy. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. In Pennsylvania, speaking of uh, protecting your self from election fraud. Pennsylvania voters reach peak mistrust after voting machine glitches for the second time. The uh, TLDR on this story is that a voting machine glitch caused the votes to be flipped. So if you voted for the Democrat, you voted for the Republican in the machine. You voted for the Republican, you voted for the Democrat. That's what happened. People got their uh, ballots back right? So you vote via the machine, it gives you a printout and the printout goes and he's like, I didn't vote for that person, but the machine counted it. Mm, computer says, no, this is the second time that this has happened. In the 2019 election, there was a programming glitch that caused a significant undercount of votes in a local judges race all across the nation. Okay. I'll do, I'll do one more. I'll do one more. I know that we have labored our point here, but it's really, really important to see what a disaster the voting, the, they broke our elections on purpose, okay? COVID was designed to break our elections. That was the purpose. They had mail-in balloting all set up already, the drop boxes. Do you, do you think that stuff like happened by accident? This, this, these were pre-planned. This was, a, this was designed. Voting should be hard. I know this is going to get me in trouble with saying this, but there should be a threshold for your for you to actively decide to go vote. Just like getting a driver's license, just like buying a firearm, just like buying cigarettes or alcohol, there should be a barrier to entry, meaning you should have to want to do those things. It shouldn't be made illegal, obviously. It shouldn't be made too hard. You shouldn't be kept from voting, but you should have to want to vote. Your vote should be something valuable that you go and obtain. It should be more valuable than a pack of cigarettes or a bottle of booze or a driver's license. Now, you could argue that it is more valuable than any of those things. Therefore, you should have to want to vote. You should do it in an orderly fashion and in a fashion that is systematic and that is locked down. Secure. In Massachusetts, those things are not nothing about the voting process in Massachusetts is secure. In fact, they now have on camera multiple instances of like egregious and open voting fraud. In Massachusetts, ladies and gentlemen, there is camera footage of people's mail-in ballots just getting straight up stolen directly out of their mailboxes. You can see here, this is a man's camera footage where you are watching a woman come wandering up to his mailbox and just grab out his mail-in ballots. Now, the guy showed up to vote, and what did he get told? You've already voted. Oh, my. There's another incredible clip here that I find particularly fascinating. Because when they try and institute things like voter ID, or when they try and say that mail-in voting should be illegal, or they try and limit the number of unaccountable draw boxes, what is the number one reflex reaction that you hear from the left? It's always the Stacey Abrams types. Oh, you are disenfranchising black voters. You're disenfranchising women voters. You're disenfranchising oppressed minorities. You're trying to take away their vote. Jim Crow 2.0. Three-fifths compromise, so on and so forth. They just go down, they go down the cattle car of excuses and isms that they scream at the top of their lungs until their voice breaks. Interesting that the the footage I'm about to show you right now from local news in Massachusetts has a black woman voter, okay? So you're talking like really high on in the intersectional hierarchy of oppressed people, according to the left, 
who says that she showed up to vote and the registrar said, ma'am, you've already voted. Here. Here's your ballot. You already voted, lady. And the, she said, give me that ballot. And on the ballot, there was a vote and a signature. And anyway, here's your vote. And the lady is going to tell you, um, that's not my signature. That's not my vote. That's not how I would have voted. And that's not my signature. She literally, I mean, it's unbelievable to me. She literally was face to face with the fraudulent vote where somebody stole her ballot from her mailbox, un undoubtedly, because that's what happens when you put counterfeits out there. That's what happens when everybody has access. Maybe that's not the right metaphor, but like when everybody has access to your bank account, is that really secure? What's more valuable, your vote or your money? Well, I mean, one directly leads to you having less of another. So, you know, your vote's really valuable. What's happening in this country is directly based on how we vote and who we put into office as stewards of our economy. And so, yeah, I mean, like you could argue that your bank account uh, is less valuable than your vote. But it, listen, if everybody had your pin to your debit card, you wouldn't have much money left at the end of the day. If the pin to your debit account was known by everyone, you wouldn't have much money. And this lady had everything stolen from her. And she had to... the. This city in Massachusetts, Lawrence, Massachusetts, they're telling her she's staring down the barrel of a fake vote. She's literally watching the person steal her constitutional right. And the county's like, we're not sure which one's going to count. Oh, man. Why am I the only person? Where's Stacey Abrams? Where's the governor of Georgia? Where's Stacey Abrams? I Why, am, why is it little old Benny, who's the person who's the, now declaring that this black lady's been enfranchised. Why am I the only one who cares? Am I the only one who cares? You frauds, watch. Second report filed was from this Lawrence woman who's still waiting for elections officials to decide whether her in-person vote will count or the mail-in, which she says has her signature forged. How come it's not gonna be counted if I'm voting right in front of you and I'm telling you that that vote that you have there is not mine? State elections officials are now sorting through these allegations and we're told the results would be delivered before the candidates begin their new terms in January. We're on it. And then we heard about it today. We took action. We've had a history of sending people to jail when they've committed crimes. And that's what we'll do here. And there's also another component to these cases. If that mail was stolen out of those mailboxes, that's a federal offense. And we're told there could be a federal investigation on the way. Live in Boston tonight, Darren Botello, NBC10 Boston. Yeah, don't hold your breath for that one. So, ladies and gentlemen, this continues the trend that was begun when they decided to make the move to scare little old people and tell them that for some reason and somehow voting, voting is dangerous and voting could kill you and you should definitely vote by mail. This is what happens when your ballots are just sitting there in your mailbox. Do you hear that poor lady? I, every time I, I've heard that clip probably 200,000 times. We're the only show that like is actually doing this research and has the alert set up and like goes and like grabs these local news clips and a huge compliment to our production team here that like goes through and does the actual work to go, because it's actually kind of hard to go into these little regional communities and follow this news. Like we are up to date on this stuff because, well, we actually care about these voters. We actually, unlike, this is a paraphrase of Elon Musk. Elon Musk, I'm sick of people who are at, try and act good, but do evil. That's called virtue signaling. The mewling and the bitching from people like Stacey Abrams in between writing her next romance novel about disenfranchisement of black female voters. Well, there's your black female voter. In fact, it's probably organizations that Stacey Abrams is a part of that stole her vote. Certainly, it's movements that Stacey Abrams have championed which is unlimited, unaccountable mail-in voting and drop boxes that led to that woman having her vote stolen. And so who's actually on the right side of history here? How bad can this get? Well, we're going to bring you to one final story. Here's how bad it can get. 
in New Jersey, in Patterson, New Jersey, there is a city council race that was won by a guy named Alex Mendez. What did Alex Mendez do to win his city council race? Alex Mendez, according to the unsealed indictment from the state of New Jersey, went mailbox to mailbox, pulling ballots out of people's mailboxes, ripping up the ballots that did not vote for him, and then reinserting votes that did vote for him. Counterfeit votes to be counted. Alex Mendez ended up winning. Alex Mendez won that seat with hundreds, maybe thousands of fake votes. We're not sure. They haven't finished the investigation. You can see here from the New Jersey Attorney General's website that Alex Mendez committed a, like a, a list as long as my arm of fraudulent activities. But it really boils down to this. Why does Alex Mendez have access to these ballots? Because they're in the mailboxes. This is an insecure way of voting and should be done away with. It should be illegal, just like the electronic machines, according to the Obama judge. It is an insecure way of voting. Alex Mendez is proof positive that you can rig these systems. He's a Democrat. In Iowa, a Republican did the same thing. Doesn't make it right. It's wrong. Both counts. Every person in America should be okay, should, should be like on level with we want secure elections. We're all adults. People win, people lose. That's how it goes. But what cannot be uh what cannot be suffered is fraud. True fraud is something that is utterly evil. Joe Rogan talking about it here in this clip as it pertains to Arizona. And we don't talk about Carrie Lake enough. We want to have Carrie Lake back on the show. Where I think we have her booked this week or next. Carrie Lake is running for Senate in Arizona. Carrie Lake deserved to be governor of the state of Arizona. Carrie Lake fought to be governor of the state of Arizona. Carrie Lake is beloved by the people. And even people who are not partisan Republicans, the reason I'm bringing up Joe Rogan for our final clip on this section here is Joe Rogan is by every measure not a Republican and certainly not a hardcore right-wing red hat wearing MAGA acolyte. Joe Rogan is very middle of the road. I think you could argue center left, but he's straight up saying, yo, what they did to Kerry Lake was wrong. The elections are trash in Arizona. And Carrie Lake was defrauded. Watch. How much election fraud do you think is real? Here we go, Joe. You want to go to election fraud? Yeah, because I don't think it's zero. No. It's no not way. zero. I think we could all agree it's not zero. No way it's not zero. And we know that these voting machines can be f***ed with. Yeah. And we know yeah. that there's some irregularities. Uh, all that, that Carrie Lake stuff in mm -hmm. Arizona yeah. that they're trying to dismiss. It doesn't look like that's invalid. It looks like there's real fraud there. It looks like there's some real shenanigans there. At the very least, there was voting machines that weren't working properly. And it seems very suspicious that a lot of them were in Republican areas. There's a lot of shenanigans. Lot of shenanigans. Why is it happening only in Republican areas? Why are the voting machines only break in Republican areas? I can show you this in Arizona. Here's a woman that is convicted federally of voter fraud in Arizona. The voting machine sure as hell work in the Democrat areas. This lady was on the border hoovering up votes in Latino communities. Guillermina Fuentes is on camera taking the votes. Like she, So she would drive through the communities. She would either pay people for their votes or wrangle their, their ballots from them. Something you couldn't do, by the way, if the ballots weren't mailed out, she wouldn't be able to like walk into a polling place and, and and with like a stack of IDs like this and get everyone's ballots. It has to be in a place. The ballots have to be out in the open where people can go and harvest them. She goes out, harvests the ballots, and then she's on camera ripping the ballots open and then filling them out right in front of the election center. The election center video camera footage is how they convicted her. 
right in front of the election center. She fills out all the ballots herself. This is what she did. This is how blatant these people are and how much they believe they, they, they'll never be caught. Will they? It's a major question that we have. Will these people ever be held into account? We certainly hope so. We're certainly proud of the judges. We like want to honor and highlight the judges that are actually doing this work um, and that are actually bringing accountability to these elections. A Democrat judge in Connecticut, God bless you, man. A Republican judge, presumably in Louisiana, God bless you. You people are American heroes. You're doing the hard work of actually securing our elections. Ladies and gentlemen, somebody who's not going to be doing any more hard work is Kevin McCarthy. We have some breaking news for you right now. Kevin McCarthy will be leaving Congress, uh, breaking moments ago. He's leaving the House. Uh, the breaking news is that he's leaving the House at the end of the year. I believe that's the end of 2023. Is that correct, ALX? Not the end of 2024? He's going to resign from Congress at year's end. Well, hot damn. That is very much not a good thing. I think there was already like a one, like there's like a two seat majority for Republicans. And now Kevin McCarthy is out. So I don't know how it works. Is there going to be a special election called in California? Or does the governor get to replace the seat? Because the governor, if Gavin Newsom gets, so if Kevin McCarthy is giving Gavin Newsom the chance to replace him, I don't know. How's it work, Alex? Let me know. Uh, then this is terrible. And Republicans just voted out one of their own because he's a liar. <laughs> you people. This is a prerequisite to getting into Congress. For all these people. Have you seen who the president is? Like, who, who's the resident of the Oval Office? I've, I went and railed against Republicans. Republicans are they don't deserve power. You just don't deserve power. Now Kevin McCarthy is leaving. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's um, let's go ahead and read here for a second. What does uh, McCarthy have to say? Former Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy said on Wednesday he will resign from Congress. My my work is only getting started. Oh, okay. Uh, McCarthy has uh, been a prolific fundraiser for Republicans, uh, and he has a deep network of CEOs and major donors. I don't see how this is a good thing. Uh, McCarthy, California Republican, who was ousted speaker by a faction of his own party, uh, two months later says, I'll serve America in new ways. So it looks like it's going to be a special election and he won't be able to be replaced. In New York, what Republicans are now going to get, because they ousted a member from New York, they'll get Kathy Huckle replacing George Santos. So Democrats just get a free shot on goal. She'll just be able to replace uh, George Santos with a Democrat. Really genius, genius moves. Republicans are so smart in Congress. Really smart. Uh, the announcement immediately ro uh, rocketed McCarthy to the top of the private sector's target list of former members of Congress who would be powerful additions to company payroll, of course. McCarthy was a prolific fundraiser. The announcement, which... Uh, which was expected came the week before the House is scheduled to depart Capitol Hill for the rest of the year. I'll continue to uh, recruit our country's best and brightest to run for office. The Republican Party is expanding every day. I'm committing to lending my experience uh, to next generation of leaders, McCarthy wrote in his op-ed. He credited House Republican majority energy leadership uh, with a raft of fiscal policy wins and other achievements. Yeah, right. No matter the odds or personal costs, we did the right thing, McCarthy said. I retain uh, my criticism of the ousting of McCarthy. Um, I retain. I retain that it's been it's been uh, something that I've said on this show. Um, was it was it strategically smart? Uh, the battles, the battle tactics. Whilst I agree with them, because I mean, if there's one thing that Washington D.C. has shown over the past recent years. It is how utterly cancerous and diseased it is. So whilst I agree with the battle tactics of getting rid of the uh, cancers of Uniparty uh, in the Republican Party, um, do I agree with the logistics? Logistics win wars. Does the logistics of getting rid of McCarthy uh, outweigh the battle tactics? 
And if you don't have the logistics, then you're not going to win the war. Interesting question, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, indeed, interesting question. Something that I uh, believe that we should potentially ask um, our next guest, who will be with us in a moment, the wonderful Congressman Greg Stubbe from the state of Florida. But first, how do we do it? How do we do it, baby? Right here. Right here. There it is. There's the mug. $2 gas, the wall, no new wars, cheap groceries, and mean tweets. That's how we do it. That's the tumbler. Inside the tumbler is the sweet, delicious black blackout coffee. Blackout coffee is something that is keeping us going through the holiday season. Would make a great present for you or your loved ones. It is an American brand. It is a sweet Florida brand. And it is something that powers us to fight the communists. In fact, I know this company is deeply anti-communist. And you should support them, ladies and gentlemen. I drink it every single morning, iced or hot. Uh, it happens to be freezing cold in Tampa. I don't know what the weather is where you're at, but it happens to be, for us, it is uh, blisteringly cold, in fact. It is like freezing in the studio. I'm surprised I can't see my own breath. Uh, but hey, ladies and gentlemen, Blackout Coffee is delicious iced or hot. You should order it today, blackoutcoffee.com slash Benny. Use the coupon code Benny for 20% off your first order. Check out the gear section for some incredible gift ideas for the holiday. Blackoutcoffee.com slash Benny. Be awake, not woke. A man who is joining the program now is certainly awake and certainly from the spectacular state of Florida. Uh, and a man who clearly needs no introduction. The great congressman, Greg Stubbe, joins the program. Congressman, thank you so much again for being on the show. Crazy breaking news. Uh, I was gonna, I was gonna jump into uh, one of your colleagues calling Florida a deplorable state, but whoa, <laughs> Kevin McCarthy. Kevin, first off, Kevin McCarthy uh, saying, "See you later." Uh, what does this mean for Republicans in the House? Yeah, it's a special election, so it's uh, obviously that seat's not going to be uh, taken by a Democrat, but you're losing another member where you have such a slim majority. And I agree with you. I didn't vote to oust uh, George Santos for a number of reasons, but one of it was we have a four-vote majority. Now we have a three-vote majority. Now if McCarthy good gone, we have a two-vote majority. Uh, Bill Johnson at Ohio has announced he's leaving in February, so that'll give us a one-vote majority. <laughs> Uh, to, to be able to just conduct business and you have absences, people get sick, like literally right before I got on this show, uh, there's a member of Congress who just tweeted a Republican member of Congress who just tweeted that he has cancer, but he's going to continue to work. So with a one vote majority, uh, somebody's sick, somebody isn't able to show up. If all the Democrats are here, they're going to have our leadership is going to have to be very, very cautious about even opening up the floor for business. Because if there is a day where there's more Democrats on the floor than Republicans, this majority rules and they can file a motion to vacate the chair and then they can have their own speaker election if they have the numbers that day. So it'll make it very, very difficult to govern, not just procedurally uh, and getting business through, but you lose one guy. I mean, we're talking about I would love to open up the impeachment inquiry and have a vote for that on the floor. Uh, you now you know, you have, so we're now down to three votes. George Santos would have voted for that impeachment inquiry. We're down to three votes. Uh, I've, I've heard that Ken Buck is a no on that. So now we've lost him. So now you can only lose one vote uh, to get a, a very important bill like impeaching, uh, opening up an impeachment inquiry on Joe Biden based on all the evidence that we've gotten to move forward. And, and you barely have enough people, depending on who's going to be here what day to get business done and do the work for the American people that they sent us up here to do. This is crazy. So if you did open up the floor for an impeachment vote, you're saying that Democrats, if they were smart tactically, and we know at the very least Nancy Pelosi is a power-wielding tactician, that they could get their own speaker across the finish line if Republican leadership isn't really tightened up. They're going to have to pay attention to the numbers of, of voting present members we have every single day because it's majority rules on the House floor. So if they open up the House for business and we have five guys that are you know at home for various reasons and not up here doing work um, and they have all of their people here, you run a significant risk of them being able to railroad you on the floor procedurally and then put in uh, their people and, and vacate the chair because they'll have the votes to do it because majority rules. So it's absolutely a very dangerous situation to be in with such a slim majority. 
Um, and, and then you've got Bill Johnson leaving in February. If somebody gets sick, somebody gets hurt and they can't show up to the job. Um, you've got real challenges where you can't even conduct business because if you open up the floor and there's more Democrats and Republicans, uh, they may try to take and vacate the chair. Goodness gracious. This is why we can't have nice things. I mean, honestly, this is why we can't have nice things. It, it, it often drives me insane that Republicans can't coalesce around a unified mission. Why is that? I think ultimately it's because we have a very diverse conference. I'm a very conservative Republican. I have 100% voting records from all the conservative uh, different entities here in Washington. Um, but you have members who represent districts that are in D plus 16 districts. And so they're very cautious to do things that are conservative because they're afraid that they're going to lose. And I submit to you that we need to get beyond that and do what's best for the American people. Republicans put you in office to put you up here. And, and making those type of calculations is a mistake because I believe what happens if you don't act like a Republican when you come up here and you don't act conservatively, if you don't do the type of things that you told your voters you were going to do, your Republican base isn't going to show up for you. So it isn't because you've gone to the center and, oh, you know, we're trying to, they're trying to get Democrats to vote for them. No, your base isn't going to show up for you. And they're not, Democrats aren't going to vote for you in a general election, especially in a presidential year, and you're going to lose your seat. So Republicans want Joe Biden investigated. That at the very least, like the, the people, and polling shows this again and again and again, people see that he is corrupt in spite of all of the psyops that have been run uh, against some of the revelations from the Ways and Means Committee that I know that you were on, uh, people are polling at like 70 and 80% saying, yeah, totally, Joe Biden was uh, had his fingers in the pies of these businesses and is indeed Absolutely. corrupt. Now there are new releases from the Ways and Means Committee. Newly released evidence underscores Joe Biden's excessive use of secret email addresses to communicate with his son's business associates. 78-page report on the uh, probe is here from your committee, and this is demonstrable evidence, but you're saying that there's you're going to have a hard time moving forward with any of this, given the current state of the House. Yeah, Ken Buck, I think, has said publicly that he's a no on an impeachment inquiry. So McCarthy said he's leaving at the end of the year. We have one more week of business next week. It's my understanding from uh, discussions that they want to bring the impeachment inquiry vote next week. So Kevin's still here next week. Ken Buck's a no. They got they they kicked out George Santos. So now we have a three vote majority. So you're going to have to make sure. So if Ken Buck's a no, we only have a two vote spread. If one other person flips or doesn't want to vote for it, that's in a tough district, we won't even be able to get that passed. And you have overwhelming evidence that Joe Biden committed impeachable offenses and broke federal law. It really does, will seem like it, it, it will be to me the greatest potential loss of energy and momentum uh, if Republicans do not get something done on the impeachment front against Joe Biden. I don't I don't know how long it will take for the Republican base to forgive the Congress for not being able to tighten up and like move forward. And this has been my biggest criticism. I've been very public about this. I've caught hell for this. Very public. My biggest criticism against the motion to vacate was that it completely scuttled all of the work that was being done on the front to investigate Joe Biden and took the uh, took the misdirection, which the corporate press were loving and pointed it at infighting instead of at Joe Biden. Yep, 100 percent. And I filed impeachment proceedings, an impeachment resolution on Joe Biden months ago. I think it was in May or June. I filed it because the evidence that we had established at that point to me was overwhelming that he violated uh, 18 U.S.C. 201. And now you just have it just keeps building. So some of the information we released yesterday, 327 emails was sent from vice then Vice President Joe Biden while he's vice president to other actors that were involved in the business dealings of Hunter Biden. And he said, he said all along, Hey, I had no, there was a wall between myself and my son's business dealings. That is a complete and absolute lie. And on top of that, he was using fictitious 
email addresses. Like one of them is Robin Ware something at Gmail or whatever. He's using fictitious email addresses to communicate with Hunter Biden. And he's CCing people in the vice president's office. Uh, and then there's a huge uptick of him emailing Eric Schwerin, who was involved in orchestrating all of these businesses in Ukraine right before his Ukraine trip, right after his Ukraine trip. We now have, because of all the investigations of the committees, evidence of over $24 million that his family profited off of all these foreign entities and, and business dealings. And now we have evidence that he himself has received money from some of these accounts and from his brother and from Hunter and all these different things that just released two days ago was oversight. Uh, the, the, the LLC that was taking money from the Chinese Communist Party energy company, he got money directly from that. So you have you have a, a, a whole bunch of evidence that he committed crimes. And for anyone, I, I mean, it's shocking to me that Democrats wouldn't see what's going on here and not want to to impeach him for the conduct that he's committed. Yeah, but unlike the Republican Party, for Democrats, it's like just pure control, wielding of power. And so it's they, they get nothing from attacking their own. Bob Mendez, Bob Mendez is sitting with gold bars rattling around in his shorts in the Senate yeah. from Egypt, yeah. and he's still allowed on the Foreign Relations Committee. Not only is he still allowed on the Foreign Relations Committee, he's the chair. He's able to go into security briefings with a top secret clearance and help his friends from Egypt. I mean, it's a, it's amazing. I mean, you can't run a you can't run a country with the, like with the, the two with such with such different differing standards of governance. You can't do it. There has to nope. be some type of there has to be some type of ground where we uh, like all agree. And there isn't there isn't anymore. And it it is man, it is it is stunning. And it is stunning. You know, it's interesting because it's like. This was the biggest, potentially one of the things that lost Hillary Clinton the election was calling uh, Trump supporters a mass of deplorables. It was, it, it, there's no way it wasn't seen as like a, a big misstep and you shouldn't have done it. And it like was dumb for her to do that. Yet yesterday, one of your colleagues is saying that people from Florida are deplorables and from Texas and she's from Texas. Okay. So she's an elected representative from Texas. I want to play you this clip and I'd love to get uh, your response to representative Crockett. In fact, Ms. Perry, I know your organization, the Heritage Foundation, loves Texas. Ooh, they love Texas. They always sending us some nonsense bills um, that somehow set this country on the wrong trajectory. They send them to Texas. They send them to Florida. Every deplorable state that we can think about, they usually come in out of y'all's think tank. So is Florida a deplorable state, Congressman? You're from Florida. We, we, we say we have freedom in Florida, and that's why people are flocking there every single day. We had 1.1 million people who moved in there in the last year. We have thousands of people every day that are moving to Florida. And why is that? It's not because of just the weather. It's because we have a good tax climate where there's not an income tax, where we don't we have a positive business tax climate where you have freedom. You're not going to have to worry about the state government coming down and telling you to shut down your business or force you to wear masks or force you to take a vaccine. And people all across the country have seen that. I, I can't tell you how many people have come up to me at events and said, hey, I'm from Virginia. Hey, I'm from Michigan. Hey, I'm from California. And we moved here so that my son or daughter could go to school in person in class. We moved here so that our business could be successful, not taxed at 60 percent. We moved here because we know Florida stands for freedom. And uh, the legislature will continue to move in that direction. It's overwhelmingly run by Republicans, and that's why we're so successful. Weird to talk about your own state like that, though. She's she's from Dallas. She's calling her that's state a deplorable crazy. state. What like seems like a, like, yeah, a r risky. We'll, we'll see if it pays off. But uh, yeah, that's an in interesting tactic there. I serve with some interesting people up here in Congress. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Thank God for C-SPAN. Or maybe not. Like, I, I, it's terrifying, quite frankly, to watch. Uh, <laughs> Congressman, thank you so very much for being on the program. Everybody needs to go follow uh, the Congressman at Rep. Greg Stube. At Reg, Rep. Greg Stubey. Uh, 82,000 people can't be wrong. From the great state of Florida. God bless you, Congressman. You too. Thanks for having me. All right. All right. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we are in a very interesting place. Uh, yesterday, Sean Hannity had Donald Trump on. This is going to be a Republican debate tonight. Uh, we won't be there this time. <laughs> a little too busy. Um, but 
there was Donald Trump last night uh, on Fox News with Sean Hannity. Uh, part of the uh, angle at Donald Trump here, and this is very predictable, is he's doing so well that now you need to uh, effectively green light uh, assassination for Donald Trump. You, you know, this can be metaphorical or maybe not, if you're familiar with the histories of uh, the CIA, the FBI, uh, President Kennedy. It could be metaphorical um, or it could be actual literal, but they are go they are engaging now in a uh, open assassination of Donald Trump's um, uh, model of governance by saying that he's going to become a dictator. Now, how how they can do this with the mental acuity and understanding of what Joe Biden has done over the last three years, how they can how they can look themselves in the mirror in the morning is something that's between them and a priest, right? Or between them and a shrink. I I I do not understand how you can do how you how you can do that. Supporting Joe Biden, how you can make the, how you could level this charge. But nonetheless, it is being leveled against Trump. And I got to tell you, Trump's one of a kind. We'll never see another one like him. He was asked last night for, by Sean Hannity, will you become a dictator? And the response is just perfect. It's so perfect. It's so good. I've never seen anybody be able to deflect like this. This is 2016 Trump all over again. Watch. Issue though, because the media has been focused on this and attacking you yeah. under no circumstances. You are promising America tonight. You would never abuse power as retribution against anybody. Except for day one. Except Look, what? He's going crazy. Except for day one. Meaning? I want to close the border and I want to drill. That's drill, not a, that's, drill. That's not, oh, no. that's not retribution. I got I'm going to be, I'm going to be, you know, he keeps, <laughs> we love this guy. He says, you're not going to be a dictator, are you? I said, no, 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 other than day one. We're closing the border. And we're drilling, drilling, drilling. After that, I'm not a dictator. So that, okay? that, that sounds to me like you're going back to the policies when you were president. <laughs> That's All right. exactly. Shut up, Sean. God, don't talk over the guy. Like a lot. Like, don't. Oh, man. If I could do more media training. You need to just be quiet and let the people answer. Let Trump have the moment. Right. And the audience is roaring and cheering. This is this is the answer again back to the Megyn Kelly question. Megyn Kelly will be hosting a debate tonight. Donald Trump won't be there. Megyn Kelly, the last time she got a chance to ask Donald Trump a question during a debate, she goes, you've called women fat pigs, whatever. And Trump only Rosie O'Donnell, like by leaning into the punch, by leaning into the question, by making a joke of it or by like grabbing the like grabbing the energy and pulling it toward you. It's a it's a masterclass. So again, it's a Donald Trump masterclass. Now, I don't know why they're allowing Joe Biden to continue uh, to run against Donald Trump. Joe Biden is cratering in the polling and Donald Trump is gaining. You're seeing what you're seeing is you're seeing absolute magnanimous leaps and bounds of Donald Trump actually gathering and uh, like bringing votes unto himself. Right. Trump is skyrocketing. Joe Biden is sort of like muddling and like kind of like slow, like dipping and, and, and or like getting eroded. Scroll down, please. Like eroding a little bit. Right. So you can see this with Joe Biden. Joe Biden's up. Joe Biden's down. He's kind of like muddling there in the middle. What is that? What's that arc that Trump's on? This is Donald Trump gaining votes. This is Donald Trump winning electorate. This is Donald Trump winning support. It's something that's magnificent. Joe Biden has certainly been higher and he's been lower uh, in the polling. Uh, he's been much lower, actually. So you can see there, like there's a Joe Biden, there's a Joe Biden lowest point on the polling. Um, but geez, man, Donald Trump, just this, just this skyrocket. Straight up Bitcoin, Trump. Man, it is remarkable to see. That's Donald Trump gaining support. That's people saying my life was better under Trump. That's why they're greenlighting the personal assassination uh, of Donald Trump. 
They're running all these at they're, they're doing all these like big exposés that the talking points have been trotted out. Trump's a dictator. This will be the last election ever. We're going to do a whole special on this uh, on our show tomorrow. This will be the last election ever. This is like an old talking point that they use in order to rig elections, in order to come through and like uh, explain away uh, illegal behavior that they're planning. So keep your head on a swivel. Be smart. Joe Biden asked yesterday, would you be running if Trump wasn't running? Listen. Would you be running for president if Trump wasn't running? I, I expect so, but look, he, he is running and I just, I have to run. You drop out of Trump runs out. No, not now. I have to run. What does that mean? What does it mean when Joe Biden says I have to run? Goodness. What's at play here? What's really going on? Uh, Donald Trump responded to that commentary. Went like this. Earlier, earlier today, Joe Biden, I'm sure he mumbled the words as usual. He said, he said this, if Trump wasn't running, I'm not sure I'd be running, he said at a campaign event today. How do you, how do you react to that? Well, I think somebody gave him a talking point. They thought that would sound good. You know, I just found out that Democrats are funding Nikki Haley's campaign. I hear that Democrats are contributing to Ron DeSantis's or Ron DeSanctimonious to Ron DeSantis's campaign. And then you hear the talking points. That's the only thing they're good at. Cheating on elections and great talking points. They say, we want to run against Trump. They want to run. Well, we did really well in 2016 and we did so much better in 2020. The person they don't want to run against is us. It's us. It's not me. It's us because it's a movement. The likes of which this country, Sean, has never seen before. Donald Trump said Joe Biden will not make it to Election Day. Donald Trump's been pretty correct on his predictions, things like this. Donald Trump knows quite quite a bit. He always holds the cards pretty close to the chest. We'll see what happens, right? But Donald Trump straight up saying Joe Biden won't make it to Election Day. What does he know that we don't watch? Question is, do you think in 11 months he will be their candidate? I personally don't think he makes it. Okay. I haven't said that. I'm saving it for this big town hall. I'd never really, I personally don't think he makes it. I think he's in bad shape physically. Do you remember when he said, I'd like to take him behind the barn? If he took me behind the barn and I went like this, I believe he'd fall over. I believe he'd fall over. And who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But. But it was OK. And by the way, it was OK for him to say that he's I'd like to take him behind. The-. He could say that. And everyone thought it was so cute. If I ever said it, they'd say he's a dictator. He's a horrible human being. You know, it's a whole double standard we have. And not only in the law, but just about everything else, as you know very well. Um, I personally don't think he makes it physically. I watched him at the beach. He wasn't able to lift a beach chair, which is meant for children to lift. You can lift them like that. <laughs> Uh, and mentally, I would say he's possibly equally as bad and maybe worse. You'll never see another one like him. So it's why we're going to like make sure that we cover all this, because it is a special moment in American history. You'll never see another one like him. Also, Donald Trump is he getting younger. He's getting younger. Benjamin Button. And he's throwing those punches, man. He is throwing those punches. He went after Chris Wallace for rigging the debate. A lot of rigging going on in 2020 of Chris Wallace rigging the debates against him and Joe Biden's cognitive decline. Of course, two very important questions. Watch. I want to talk about it. When he gets paid three and a half million dollars from the mayor of Moscow's wife, when I brought it up at a debate and Chris Wallace was moderating. How's he doing, by the way? Not too good. Chris Wallace. What have happened to Chris Wallace? And I said, why is he getting three and a half million dollars? I want to ask him that question. And Chris Wallace interceded because Joe didn't know he was alive. And so Chris Wallace interceded and he said, then he said, you shouldn't be asking that. You sh-. And now it's a big subject. And I talked about it literally three years ago. But why does all this money come in from China? You know, we took in hundreds of billions of dollars in taxes and tariffs from China. Donald Trump is getting quicker. The crack of the whip, man. 
I know one of the closest people in Donald Trump's orbit, like friends of the family, like comes down, vacations with us, stays with me when they're in Tampa. One of the closest members of Donald Trump's orbit, somebody who's with Donald Trump at all times, whenever Trump's traveling, wherever he's going, somebody who's there physically present on the plane. And they're like, I've never seen the guy in better shape. Out in the sun, like lost weight. You can see that. I mean, you can see it. Like, but like spry, like exercising, like sharp as attack. We're living through biblical moments right now. Is God done with this country? That's the question. I think when when God's done with us, you'll we'll, the, 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 we'll know. But now's the time to keep our eyes set on the prize and to keep our faith. Uh, there are evil forces in this country. There, there's a lot we couldn't get to that happened on Capitol Hill yesterday. Uh, so many, so many. Uh, different hearings that expose so much evil ongoing in our country. And it truly does uh, begin to show you what what the fight is about. The fight is certainly not red versus blue. And the fight is certainly not Republican versus Democrat. And the fight isn't versus, you know, political parties. Uh, the fight that we fight is a true spiritual warfare, not flesh and blood. It is spiritual. They're evil forces at play across our nation, and we must combat them with the armor of God, with the only thing that can actually win those kind of battles. You have to fight with the warfare of the battle, and it is why we anchor every single show in the verse of the day. Remark 10, 27, Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. So when we cover the broken election systems in America, we went through just a just scratched the surface, like a lotto ticket of the amount of actual election fraud that exists in the country. We started the show off with that. We did 40 straight minutes on election fraud and we just scratched the surface. That's the that's the convicted like election fraud in the country. So when you see that, don't be depressed. We're covering it for a reason. We're exposing the light onto the darkness and. But more importantly, all things are possible with God. So when we do shows about how doomed and how broken things are, just know that all things are possible with God. And so that's what keeps our spree decor up. That's why you'll never see us dooming on this program. We're not doomers. We're not blackpilled. We stand upright the way we were designed to. And we march forward, onward, Christian soldier, into this great Christmas season. It's your boy, Benny. See ya.